guys. We are live. This is Jennifer from the Shooter's Mindset. We are here with episode 325 of the Shooter's Mindset. We've got our co-host Greg here tonight. How's it going? You have a lot of green going on. That's some conflicting green right there. I'm not really sure about that, but anyway. And our guest of the hour is Marshawn Hovrid. How are you doing? I'm great. It's good to be with you guys. It's so good to be here. I haven't seen you since, um, let's see, it's been right at a year at SHOT Show. Yeah. We had good times on like, on the high roller and (laughs) (laughs) we won't talk about the rest because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? It does. Yes. I'm pretty sure if you look back a year on TSM, we might have gone live on the high roller that night, actually. We did? Who did that? Who's dumb enough to do that? I'm going to kill you one day. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. And thank, thanks for saying that in front of all of our viewers. Uh, if I end up missing, dead, something, we have a suspect. Yep. It, it was probably justified, though. Probably. So... Marshawn, for those of us that are like, I'm not unfamiliar with you because you're my homie, but for people that are not familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into competitive shooting. Well, I'm Marshawn Hobrid. I'm from Washington State. Um, my day job is dental hygienist, which I really enjoy. Um, so I need a floss. <laughs> yes, flossing is important. <laughs> I'll get yelled her. at. We just encourage, we don't judge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As far as shooting, I, this uh, 2020 would have been my third year of shooting precision rifle, but things went a little sideways, um, crazy year. So I'm looking really forward to starting off 2021 and getting in some matches. Um, But yes, I've been shooting for about three years and um, I kind of got into it like kind of roundabout way. Um, I started out uh, doing some bird hunting, and um, then I wanted to shoot big game, and then I wanted to find a way to, to be a better hunter, um, but I didn't really know what that might look like in terms of a competitive sport, um, and several years ago, I went to the Portland Sportsman Show with some friends, and there was a booth there of Blue Ridge Ranch, which um even though I was in Portland at the time, I live in Eastern Washington. Um, Blue Ridge Ranch is like an hour and 15 minutes from my house. Um, they had a video of Precision Rifle playing at their booth. And so I was like, what's this? And, and they encouraged me to come and help out at some matches. And um, so I took them up on that a couple months later and kind of just haven't stopped <laughs> since that moment. That's awesome. I know you kind of got into it and I think we were kind of both starting up at the same time and trying to like, you know, grow and get better and like grow our skills and kind of get into the game. So kind of at the same time, I know all that was kind of happening. It's been interesting just even seeing the sport grow in that period of time. Like it's, you know, it's moving fast. It's kind of exciting. Yeah. And the women's part has grown so much. Like I think, right about the time that me and you both got into it like it just has like exploded with females which is great and I know we've had the females um, the ladies PRS dinners at SHOT Show and all and that's been great I think to 
yes. let us all connect and you know there's not very many of us you might go to a match and there's like 10 females out of 220 shooters but then when we get together it's kind of nice to get together and kind of compare notes and have that camaraderie I think the women really do well with that yeah that's been one of the most impressive things I think is that you know, probably most of us don't have, we probably have great friends that are non-shooters, but maybe they don't want to talk about shooting on, you know, for hours on end. <laughs> and so I know they're like, you do, together what? And we can do that. And then it's so supportive too. Like everybody's so great. And I always yeah, say that the women of PRS have, we have a lot less drama than the men of PRS because we all kind of lift each other up. And I feel like there's a little bit of um, cat fighting going on with some of the men. <laughs> PRS. No, so never. I think it's kind of funny how women get like the reputation of having drama, but I don't think it's the women. Yeah, this is like a total no drama mama kind of a group, which is again, like when I started ROing too, I mean, I was really looking for something I wanted to learn and I liked shooting, but I wanted, you know, an activity that was going to be, you know, kind of a fun activity as well. And I remember just kind of sitting back and watching and being you know, thinking even like men and women that if this is, you know, if there's poor sports, if it's negative, if it's just toxic, like this is not going to be something that I'm going to want to do. And, you know, it doesn't take long to figure out that this is just a great sport and great people. And then, you know, on top of that, like getting to meet more and more women as they're coming into it. I think the first match I ROed, and I didn't even really realize it was a national level match. Like I didn't even know what, a, what anything was. I didn't know what an NRL was or PRS or anything. And, um, Ray was there and I think Regina was there and I was just incredibly impressed with them. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm so in, <laughs> like, I really, really want to do this. And I didn't really know what that meant. I still ROed for a while before I even got a rifle, but um, yeah, it's a, a great sport and um, yes, yeah, incredibly positive. It's nice to see, you know, people really support one another and businesses and shooters and it's been a good time. I think that's great. I mean, you mentioned Regina and Ray, and I think both of those are amazing ambassadors for the sport and getting women into it. And I do think for any female that's watching and is like, well, I might want to do that. Like it is totally not cutthroat. We are all <laughs> about getting each other, you know, like, oh, there's somebody new. Let's go help her and trying to get more women into the sport because we would like to have more women doing this. So Exactly. It's just a lot of yep. fun to kind of get, you know, get it out there. And there's so many good people in the sport that help with that. Yep. Way too much fun. <laughs> I know, just like Keely that we had on last week. I mean, I know y'all are good friends and she's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we, yeah, I look forward to getting to spend more time with her last year. Um, I kind of was like watching from the sidelines a little bit with some surgery last year. And so she had a great season and that was really fun to see her we kind of also started you know kind of about the same time and she's just really put in the work and she's shooting great that's awesome and telling her husband how to reheat tortillas <laughs> Yo, all right, all right, we won't go into that no I, I i would like to make a point here the point of reheating tortilla you want to steam it right <laughs> So if you have, you take the tortilla and you wrap it in a, in a wet napkin or paper towel and you put it in the bag before you put it in the microwave, then it becomes a steam chamber. And, you know, you got to relieve a little bit over in the corner, open a little bit of that zipper. And, you know, when you open up the microwave, you know, you're going to have a big 
like bag full of steam inside of there with your nice soft delicious tortillas inside of it like you can do it just you know like with your 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 napkins and on a plate but you get so much more steam with it sealed inside of a bag just saying you killing me <laughs> whatever with delicious tacos not in the bag anyway you so, take them out before you eat it <laughs> well, thank god you'd probably eat the plastic and all so you are one of the people that are always helping fight for our rights and specifically our second amendment rights how did you get involved in this cause and i think it's very very relevant right now with everything going on um politically and i mean you look at facebook and like our co-host anthony cruz is like in facebook jail again and he didn't even really do anything he just like talked about a gun and it put him in facebook jail he was not trying to sell it he just made a comment about it and it automatically put him in facebook purgatory or whatever so i think our second amendment rights are really really being challenged uh daily at this point so how did you get into this cause and and doing all this? Um, really somewhat for me, like, I mean, I started out as far as somewhat with shooting with the bird hunting, but it wasn't long after that, that I, you know, you're starting to see things happen with the second amendment. Um, so I decided to get a concealed carry permit. I decided to get a pistol, decided to get some training as far as that went, uh, because I thought if this is a right that might go away, then, I want to participate in it because I'm kind of like a nerd, honestly, about just like America. I think America is the best country in the world. And um, so I definitely, you know, believe in the constitution um, and really truly without privately owned firearms. I mean, we don't have a country, we wouldn't have had a country. And so that right is incredibly important. Um, so it's always kind of been something that's been important to me. And as it's continued to be threatened, um, I just feel like that, that we just have to, we just have to kind of stand up for it. We have to support it. Um, the other side is really organized. Um, they have a lot of money behind them. We kind of tend to be a little more grassroots, but, um, but there's a lot of us and I think we have a voice and I think we need to take back the narrative. I think we need to play offense instead of defense. And um, yeah, I think as a, in shooting sports too, we have a lot of opportunity because we can kind of showcase it as a sport and not something that's necessarily um, you know, about violence or self-defense, which is important, but I think it's, it's a friendlier way to maybe get people, um, comfortable with firearms too. So, you know, it gives us an opportunity to kind of showcase that and maybe turn that narrative around a little bit. I think that's so true. Like I posted in a, in a group about something shooting related and they were like, what are you trying to kill? Like someone commented and said, what are you trying to kill? And I was like, um, nothing. <laughs> like we are shooting steel. I'm not trying to kill anything. Well, what's the point? And I was like, well, what is the point of golf? Because there's not a real point of golf either. <laughs> it's a competition. I mean, it's something, it's fun. It's a sport. So I don't, you know, I don't, but it, I was getting really challenged on like, well, what are you trying to kill? What's the point of what you're doing? Because it involved firearms. So it's very uh, interesting how it 
comes about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think we can demonstrate too that there's, uh, you know, so many opportunities that we are around firearms and it's very, very safe. And so again, kind of change that narrative to, you know, away from this is something scary, it's something dangerous, um, you know, and focusing on respect, but also, you know, it can be a safe and fun sport, which is very family friendly. Um, yeah, so definitely kind of something that's near and dear to my heart. And I think that that we can all play a part in, you know, kind of protecting and supporting it. I definitely agree. I think I still get the comments of like, when people find out what I do, they're like, you do what on the weekends? <laughs> like, I mean, because I'm in a job that is, um, I mean, it's a professional, I have to dress professionally and, you know, everything. And then people will find out they're like, some, like, inevitably somebody will say like, do you know? know what Jen does <laughs> I'll be like no what does she do <laughs> and then it's like oh she shoots guns and it becomes this whole thing and I'm like oh my gosh okay well let me explain so it's kind of interesting you know to see that I'm sure it's the same with you I mean you're a dental hygienist you're not like at a construction site right you have a job that is educated and so people look at you then as a girl and they're like you do what I'm sure yeah, I actually have that. in my operatory, I have a picture of my rifle in there. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> so I, I mean, it is an opportunity to kind of, again, show it as this is a fun thing. It's a safe thing. It's a respectful thing. And so um, I don't bring it up. If somebody asks me about it, then, you know, I can talk about it. And, but I feel like it's, it's just another way. I feel like there's so many opportunities we have every day to try to be a good advocate and, um, and again, make people maybe realize that if they had kind of a stereotype of what they think a gun person is, you know, that maybe that's not what it is. It's crazy. So what all, oh, go ahead, Greg. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, I had one of those, uh, it, and I guess the reactions I get when people find out what I do is, you know, at least to the extent that I do is a little bit different. You know, I'm a man with a beard and I have on, you know, leather boots and Carhartt pants and you know that that's me so I kind of fit the stereotype of a gun guy but um <laughs> I, I walked out of the office today and we got a whole bunch of new people at work um particularly in the the management and the director level and a bunch of them were standing around outside of my office they just they, they decided now their congregation place is literally right outside of my quiet little secluded office um which is real fun but oh, I walked out like hey come over here I'm like oh who signed me up to do what they're like Hey, these guys like guns too. And they're putting to like two of our new directors there. And one of the guys, he's like, yeah, he, he does guns. He like competitively shoots and he does like this, this podcast thing and show him your gun, show him your gun. I'm, you know, pull up a picture of, you know, the beauty here. And they're just like, wow, pretty sure one of them is going to be at my next little NRL 22 match. So it, it's kind of fun when people hey. find out. Yep. There's always room for more. So that's great. Mm -hmm. It's fun to see people get excited about it too. Yeah. And, you know, my way of kind of helping, you know, I'm not so much approaching like the people that like think guns are icky and like, Hey, come shoot a match, you know, mostly to be Swanee. I have a beard by like normal standards. I have I was about nothing. To say, you got any lives? I have, I have nothing on you whatsoever. And now Keith Baker's talking trash about my box of wine. 
Um, just so you know, tonight it is. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about what I'm drinking tonight. But it is not in a box. <laughs> Wait, I don't think that Keith talked shit. I think he just said a box of wine, and you assumed that as talking shit. Because that sounds like a guilty conscience. Well, I'm not drinking. That a box sounds of like wine you tonight. already know that the box of wine is just a bad idea. <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, I think it's just because of how much you insult my box of wine every time. Maybe because it's insultable. Yeah, Jen's over here. I'm like, do you want uh, some, some delicious box wine or toilet water? And she's like, oh, give me that toilet water. <laughs> yeah, if it's box wine or that, yeah. It's terrible. God, no cooth at all. Any other lives? Let's see. I, that That's a, a lot of them. A lot of them are all making fun of your box of wine? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's amazing. This is not a five. This is a real. It's a real beard. It's not a five o'clock <laughs> shadow, guys. <laughs> oh, are they all making fun of your beard? <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Wine in a box, tacos in a bag. <laughs> uh, efficiency. <laughs> uh, I I don't drink wine out of a box. I just want everyone to know that for the record. <laughs> she one hundred percent will not. She will die of dehydration before that. Mark, so I'm so glad I work in the gum biz so I don't even have to hide it when I'm at work. Yeah, that'd be real weird if you ran into someone at work that uh, that didn't like guns. Swanee, I don't eat sushi. I'm actually scared of sushi because I watched a three-hour documentary on parasites that get inside of your body. Um, and like 99.9% .9 of it was from eating sushi. The other 1% was peeing in the Amazon River and it entered through a different hole. Uh, Alan said, shout Eric out. wants to know what is the first match? What? <laughs> you go ahead. What's the first match that you're going to shoot when your foot heals? Um, I'm looking at March, and I think I'm going to be shooting a one day match at Rock Lake Rifle Range, which I'm very excited about. Um, so that'll be a good, a good first day. Um, like, honestly, the, the spring in the Northwest, Pacific Northwest, is huge for matches. So there's just a ton of things. Um, I'll shoot the Finley Cup the last, I believe it's the last weekend of March. So that'll be the first two day. And then I think it goes right into like Idaho NRL. Um, I'm looking to shoot uh, hopefully a team match. Um, I'm gonna RO a couple team matches. Um, yeah, there's just like, there's a lot. So hopefully I can kind of hit the ground running and and get back to it looking forward to it um there's like really great matches too finley cup is um it's a memorial for jim finley and it's a, usually a pretty tough match like it's a lot of wins small targets like a lot of times really small targets um interesting course of fire they do a great job with that one um i'll hopefully be doing car stutter um which is in april and that's a team match and um that's a really fun one and often it rains so you kind of really get to check out uh, your rain gear and how uh, how well your equipment holds up terrain um so yeah there's a lot coming up and i'm excited about it that's i've got awesome. a lot of work to do too i've got a lot of work to do to be ready <laughs> so don't we all we'll dig in and get to it i think we all have work to be done if we're really honest about it there's always practice to be done 
Exactly. So what particular um, Second Amendment organizations are you affiliated with? Are there particular ones? Um, I would say like, I'm not necessarily affiliated with anything in particular. I'm kind of like anywhere I can, you know, be involved essentially. In my state, there's some really great groups um, that do a lot of legwork. So they provide a lot of information in terms of you know, who to contact and in, in the legislature, when the bills are coming up, when the hearings are coming up. And so um, there's Washington 2021 Legislative Action Group, which is a Facebook group in Washington. Um, they do a lot of work. There's Washington Civil Rights.org uh, is another group that provides a lot of good information. Um, of course, there's like Gun Owners of America, NRA, uh, NSFF. Um, the DC Project is uh, kind of a women's Second Amendment group. Um, they do a lot of great work. Um, Second Amendment Foundations. So there's a lot of different groups that you know people can can get um, can kind of follow to get information in terms of what to do and then in their state. Um, Alan Ernst is a PRS shooter that's in Washington State, and he does a ton of like work and a, and a lot of different things. Um, so you just kind of like jump in where you can, try to make sure you're making phone calls and emails, um, and also just talking with other people, trying to encourage them to also um, get involved. It can be a little intimidating, I think, if you haven't done it very much. Um, yeah, it's like just jump in. Um, I'm always open if anybody has any questions in terms of what to do or how to get involved. I'm always open to any questions and any way that I can help. Well, so how can people get involved? Like what can each of us individually do to help protect our rights? I think at this point in history, it's one of the biggest things on all of our minds. I mean, if you look at ammo and primers, it's like everyone is buying it up because they're scared right i think a lot of it is people are scared of what's going to happen um with new gun laws and mm -hmm. ammo laws and taxes and different things so what can each of us do individually that will help protect our rights i think get knowledgeable about legislative legislation that's coming up so like right now um we're you know legislations are uh, starting back up again um it's not too hard to look up like a lot of those different groups they may have a list of like whether things are going through congress or through your state um so you can see what the bills are and then i guess kind of relearn a little bit about um how the process works so typically a bill will be introduced um it will have a hearing with the committee um and then it may be voted on to die and that's what our hope is for a lot of these gun control bills um or if it gets passed to the to the entire house or senate then that's where it may be voted on and become into law and there's a process to where it's going to be amended along the way so you kind of have to follow them you can sign up um usually for like email notices on what's going on with bills too but just kind of uh educating yourself on what's out there um and then you know writing emails um to either your own representatives senators or those members of a committee that's that's having a hearing for the bills that's where you want to try to nip it in the bud right there and hopefully get them to not pass it out of committee. Um, that's the most efficient way to get rid of a bad bill. Um, make a phone call. Usually keep it simple too. Like don't, you don't have to get um, super involved. You don't have to write like the Gettysburg address. If you're writing a letter to them, you can keep things really simple. Um, you know, just let them know, like numbers are important. If they get, you know, 2000 emails saying vote no on this, you know, that makes an impression. So 
just kind of getting in there. And again, just, you know, encourage your friends to do it and, you know, help other people get involved as well. And we've kind of proven as a, as a community that we can make a difference. Um, <clears throat> I'm, like I said, I, when we talk politics, you got to speak on a third grade level to me because I'm, I'm very much not involved. It, it drives me crazy. I, I just want to shoot and have fun, but you know, we all, we all got to do our part. And when the, uh, the ATF was looking at their pistol brace thing, um, they put up a comment section and we shared and a couple other big people shared, you know, Hey, everybody go and make your voice shown. And I, I kind of put up a little bit of a rant post, like, Hey, there's 20,000 comments on this so far, or not even 20,000 comments. And we have 60,000 followers. If every one of you takes five minutes to go and do this, and it really just takes five minutes, I could do it. We could triple the number of people and a bunch of people went and commented and the next day, you know, they're like, you know, they back down on it. So yeah, that was exciting. We really, we really do have, have a voice if we use it. Yep. And so at, Alan has been uh, watching. He gave you a big shout out for everything you do earlier. Um, and he just said, firearm owners are a silent majority. We need to be a vocal majority, which, which is very true. We, we really need to quit, you know, sitting by while people come up, you know, and the thing that amazes me is you'll, you'll watch these videos and you know, we kind of just turn them into, uh, into memes, but you know, the people talking about our high capacity salt, assault clips and you know the 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 50 caliber ar-15 that shoots a hole in you this big and these are the people that are making laws for you know to determine our freedoms and our rights and you know we just need to make ourselves heard and you know get more people to to band together and make them understand that we're not just going to kind of lay here and take what they give us Exactly. I feel like for us as competitive people, um, like we can't let them win. Like we just can't, <laughs> like it's, it's not going to happen. But I think being that example too, where, you know, they're dealing with, um, you know, calm, rational people that can give them facts and, you know, provide reasons why, you know, if they're not familiar, because it is true. There are people that know nothing about it are making laws for people who also know nothing about it. And so. I mean, it's like the video that, CNN posted of the person shooting an AR-15 that was most obviously a shotgun <laughs> <laughs> and it's like really what oh it's so yeah. frustrating the amount of non-education like I took some of the girls from my work uh last Saturday and they wanted to go shoot handguns and learn and so I took them and we shot handguns but I also brought my AR-15 and they were like we're gonna shoot that I was like yeah we're gonna shoot that y'all are all gonna shoot that well it's gonna hurt my shoulder no it's not trust me I'm not gonna do anything that hurts you and they had the most fun shooting that and you know that's like the scary gun right that that the news and everybody wants to vilify and make into this horrible gun that's you know scary and everything else they had the most fun like and, and I think that's a huge part of it is just getting some of the people that just don't know I think it's a lack of knowledge and if we can get it out to some of those people and let them actually see that it's not really that much different than a handgun I understand it'll hold 40 rounds blah 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 but 
like it's just a fun gun and you got to get to the fundamentals of like what is what's the problem it's not the gun the problem is there are bad people and they're going to do what they're going to do whether they have an AR-15 ball bat or a knife in France or a car where they run people over um so like like de-weaponizing the actual gun you know what I mean it's not the gun that's the weapon it's the it's the person that's behind it that's doing it and I think educating some of the people that just don't know is a huge part of it and I, I think huge props to you because I know you do I always see on your Facebook that you're you know pushing legislation and different things and um, putting it out there trying to educate people that just are not aware of what really is going on you know it's it's yeah. very Our easy to not busy. know yeah exactly and it's yeah, people are busy. It's hard to find time sometimes of that, you know, if I can just, you know, make it easier. I mean, that's my, you know, my thing definitely like if there's anything I can do to make it easier to participate and just get people in it. It's a good thing. Yep. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. And you, you definitely do a lot of times, you know, I'll see you'll either what you're posting or sometimes you'll post with it, you know, this, this is doing this. Whereas for me, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, HB 9801. Wow, there's a lot of words there. But, and don't really know exactly what they're trying to do with it because that, that's kind of the way they do it. Um, well, it's kind of sneaky, like the way that they do some of the bills. One of the bills that they just did in Washington State that just went through hearing, I think the title of the bill was like public safety. You know, it wasn't like mag ban, it was like public safety. So they kind of hide things around, you know, so it, to make things sound reasonable and, um, kind of have to sleuth it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about, I know when you got started, you kind of started, you kind of snuck in and ROed some matches and used some of the um, advantages you got from ROing, like maybe some search from prize tables and things. Kind of talk about how you got into it through that route and how that went. Like, what were you able to get through ROing and what's the advantage of doing that? Um, yeah, I, and ROing is so much fun. <laughs> like it really is. And I got, really? you know, I just lucked out really like going to the Blue Ridge Ranch and Jason and Sean and, you know, everybody involved there. Um, they're so nice and they were so welcoming and I mean I literally had never even looked through a spotting scope like I really did not know very much about watching targets or any of that kind of thing and they were so nice to help um, just help me learn um, but that was the other thing too is that there's so many companies and so many people putting on matches that are really generous with what they can offer for ROs um, as well as you know even you know even a beginning shooter um, uh, US Optics at the time was doing a 50% off cert for a scope. Um, so I was able to get my first scope that way. Um, I was able, at one point, I was able to get a cert for a training at Gunworks, which was really nice. I was excited about that um, to go down and she was Bill and Keelan and Ben. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I kind of just went from there. Actually, really generous. What um, actually really kicked me into getting started was uh, one of the Defiant shooters had a certificate for an action, for 50% off an action. And so they were nice enough to let me have that. And that's kind of what got my rifle build started, um, which is incredibly generous. I'm 
like so thankful for the generosity of so many people that, you know, kind of took me under their wing and um, kind of helped me get started. And even just deciding, you know, do I want to, to buy, you know, like an RPR, a Savage, you know, something off the shelf, or do I want to go with something custom? And so um, I, I kind of got the, you know, buy once, cry once, you know. I was about to say, I think you went with some custom, didn't you? <laughs> I did. So, and, you know, just, you know, because of the generosity of some other people that helped me get started. So, um, you know, all across the board, can't say enough about all of the people in my area that were, you know, let me tag along. Um, Nick Darzy, super helpful, letting me ask a million questions, tag along, go shoot. Um, I'm sure I frustrated him a million times being a slow learner. <laughs> um, yeah, so many, but, but I was able to, to kind of have some help with that, getting that first rifle started and um, just kind of went from there. That's awesome. But, I think yeah. it's a great testament to the people in the sport. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I'm totally all for the, you know, you always hear people say, you know, oh, show, go show up an RO match before like, you want me to do what? You want me to be in charge of this match? Um, but, you know, I showed up to RO a match and uh, very similar situation, had no clue what I was doing. I went and watched one match before because I was way too scared to just go out and RO day one. So and I watched a match, met a bunch of really awesome people, had a really awesome time, showed up the next match, ROed with somebody I've never met before in my entire life, but ended up, you know, being able to, A, sit there and watch how people shoot, watch how people game it, watch how people we read wind, um, you know, learned a whole lot from that. And then at the end of the match, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, I heard we'd be getting something, but we ended up getting taken care of really, really well with, with gift certificates that was able to you know, helped me take my bone stock Remington 700 and turn it into something that I ended up shooting for most of a season before making any more changes to it. So it was really awesome. Yeah, I've seen them where they, you know, uh, give away a rifle to an RO. I mean, there's just so many neat, neat things going on um, to help encourage new shooters and get them in the sport. Yeah, Eric Lundberg said uh, that it it helps expose you to the sport and people and give back. Yeah, it's great educationally too. Um, you, you do, you learn so much, like you were saying, to watch shooters negotiate a stage and how, you know, what gear they use. Um, you get to see a lot of different approaches, great. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, and you get to say hi to everybody. <laughs> like, it's great when you have your squad when you're shooting match, and that's always so much fun. But ROing, like, you really do get to see everybody come through your stage, and so it's always good. So I um, I had not ROed a whole lot just because of time off of work was difficult and all, but last year I ROed at Regina's match in Arizona, and that was like the most fun ever I had the best time doing that and like you said you see everybody come through like everybody I got to like well so my stage brief might have been a little bit rough because <laughs> I told them in not so many words that if they muzzled me I would kill them um, but I said it a little bit differently that would resonate a little bit more because my stage they they were all coming off of this tree branch and coming back with their muzzle and I was like if you point your gun at me anyway I won't tell you what I said to them but <laughs> um so I got to see all of them and threaten them all it was great 
And so it was kind of cool to see the different approaches, though, for every single shooter coming through and how they approached that particular stage. And there's a lot of different strategies. It was kind of cool to watch and be like, oh, hmm, I'm not sure I would have done it like that. I wouldn't have thought of that. You know, it was really cool to watch the differences. And then I ROed again at Mammoth Sniper Challenge. And that, again, was one that like, it was cool to get to kind of watch the thought process of the teams and be like, huh, wonder why they're doing it that way instead of the way I would have done it. You know, <laughs> it was very cool to see the different perspectives. So I think ROing is good so for getting fun. out there for that. Yeah, that looks like a blast. <laughs> Oh, it was cold. I don't know about a blast. A blast would be warm yes. <laughs> and warm is not what it was. It was very cold. I was very cold. I had had my second COVID shot. And so I had chills on top of everything else and fell asleep multiple times. And Eric Lundberg may or may not have pictures of me sleeping in the truck. Anyway. Ooh, and, uh, and, on the, um, and on the ground. And on the ground, possibly, yes, there may or may not be pictures of me sleeping on the ground. Yeah, I was tired. That COVID vaccine will put you on your butt if you're tired. But anyway. Uh, yes, it's so cold at the PRS finale for you, too. <laughs> you're getting, like, trial by the fire. The PRS finale was miserable. <laughs> like, uh -huh. Oklahoma is not fun. I don't want to go back to Oklahoma ever again. It was so cold. Me and Regina both were miserable. If Gina's watching, she will vouch for me. We were miserable. It was awful. It was so bad that my bolt froze open on the last stage. Like I could not close my bolt because there was ice around it. It was frozen. I saw that video. Like, and I was I, like, so calm. I was like, oh my God, I wasn't calm. I don't know what you saw <laughs> because what I saw was like a heart rate of like 180. Oh my God, my bolt won't shut. What is wrong with it? And I was like, so I come, I came up off the gun and I was like, oh my God, it's stuck. Punch it. <laughs> so like I literally punched it and made it close. Um, but yeah, I don't like cold. Borrowing was really amazing to get to watch the different approaches, even if I was cold. I'm about to say, you know, last time I ROed, it was also cold. It, it was at the finale, not this year, but last year at K&M, which was nowhere near as cold as Oklahoma. Oh, my God. Oklahoma was awful. Somehow, I, I got lucky and got the long range stage on top of the Connex in the shade. And it wasn't like terribly cold, but every time we had it, you know, we were the first on that area. We were at the highest elevation of the whole match. We were in the shade and everybody just came from the lowest elevation in the sun. They'd come up and be like, wow, did you guys know it's real cold up here? I'm like, next person to say that's going to get a stage DQ. Yes, we know it's cold. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was a lot of fun in the finale, actually, and getting to, getting to see you know all of the all of the best shooters in the country go through and you know do their stuff i wish it was a you know you, you can only see so much watching a pro long range stage um i do kind of wish that i had some sort of a, a props and moving so i could see how people approach that differently because cool yeah you know you got a real smooth trigger pull pull and i'm sure that stuff's happening down there and in your head but i can't see any of that but it was cool to see everybody go through and shoot that um even seeing like people make either like such instinctive corrections or fast corrections um on their wind calls like that 
that's interesting to me too. Like some people are just so fast at making that correction. Me too. I feel like on the clock, like if I, I think about a stage that I'm on, I feel like I'm like, pull the trigger. And then I'm like, hmm, that was like 0.8 mils to the right. I should probably move left. Like, I feel like I'm so slow in calculating it and figuring it out and telling my brain what to do and then getting it to my finger and getting it to where I like adjust the reticle to where it needs to be. And so like, you're right, Marshawn, some of these people you watch and they're like, you know, and they immediately just fix oh, it. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and it's so, it's crazy to watch. I like watching the different like positional stages and ROing and watching how different people attack it, especially if it's like different positions um, in one stage where they have to move and you watch how yeah. different people attack it and which order they do it in. And you're like, oh, that that was fast. That is really good, you know, and yeah. you can kind of um, gain some knowledge on like how to attack a stage. So I definitely think ROing is very valuable for people to, to watch and, and kind of take it in and see what worked best for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've definitely learned a lot watching other people um, where I'm now at some matches, the the gamer at the match coming up with my own way to run a stage. You know, we shot a, a NRL 22X a couple weeks ago. And we were all sitting there looking at the stage and reading the stage brief. And, you know, it said starting position, you know, rifle secured in tripod, one hand supporting the rifle. And it said that you will engage the, the targets from the, from the tripod. So we were laying on fat bags, shooting prone off of a tripod and shooting the stage like super fast. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think a couple lives that we've had. Um, we've kind of went through a lot of them already. Uh, we're gonna take a vote. Uh, Jeremy Swanee wants to know next time he's gonna be on the on the show. So shout out in the comments if you want another Swanee episode from maybe from the cigar bar, maybe from someplace else this time. Um, and. Wade asked, when is uh, Swanee dropping more 105 hybrids on that? Also, Swanee, you should not answer that question publicly. You should shoot me a private message so that I know first, because I saw that as I was dropping chicken on the on the flat top. And like by the time I was done getting all down and everything, it was all gone. It was sad. What else you got live? Um, I'm, I'm looking through. Uh, That is about it for right. Oh, Eric. Eric said what you told all your uh, all your shooters in uh, Arizona. Oh, he put it in there. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm sorry. I told him I don't want to look down your muzzle. I told him what I would do if I looked down their muzzle. I would have. <laughs> but I don't think it was unreasonable. No, me neither. Oh, safety. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's one thing that I, I still struggle with going from PR or going from three gun into PRS is the, the rifles off the stage and the directions they're pointed and 
It wasn't even off the stage. It was a branch that they had to like go around with their muzzle and they were pointing it at my head. Like that's <laughs> only going to happen one time. I'm just telling you what's going to happen when it happens. I was nice about it, I feel like. <laughs> I didn't shoot anyone in the... Ding, ding. Whatever. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> All right, next question. So, you have a pretty awesome loadout. If you were to give a beginner advice on how to go about choosing their gear to start in Precision Rifle, what is your advice that you would give? Um, again, that ROing thing is really beneficial because you'll get to see a lot of gear. Um, you get to see a lot of rifles. People are really nice about letting you try things, um, get behind a rifle, see what they look like, different chassis. Um, and I think, you know, budget is something that's important. So, you know, trying to decide, are you going to go with uh, something off the shelf? Are you going to go with something that's custom? Um, and now there really are a lot of great op options for, you know, kind of a ready to go rifle. You know, even just in the few years that we've been doing this, I mean, just those options alone have really exploded. Um, and then, yeah, ask a lot of questions. Um, and then kind of making that decision. Do you want to go custom? Do you want to go with something else? And um, just go for it, really. I mean, like two degree, um, just jump in, you know, that's kind of what I did. Like I, I did spend some time ROing, probably about six months ROing before I was able to get a rifle put together and start shooting. But um, yeah, just jump in, start learning. People are so helpful, um, you know, it's just going to be a good time. Just got it. Just got to go and like immerse yourself in it and just learn. Yep. I fully agree. Um, and most, most shooters know that there's a lot of people that'll, that'll get into it through ROing and you know, we're, we're all real nice people. We, we, a we like what we have and we, we, we want to see you end up with nice gear too. So if you're an RO and you're, you know, you come up and ask the shooter a question, preferably not right before they shoot a stage, right after a stage, totally cool. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk your ear off about what we have. You know, you ask me what my awesome lime green chassis is, you know, and be like, Hey, yeah, you know, this is PDC custom, you know, it's available for these actions, you know, they cost like this, you know, Hey, you want to, you want to get behind it. You want to feel it, you know, Oh, my cheap piece a little high for you. You know, we'll, we'll, mo most people are really cool about, you know, just kind of wanting to, you know, share with new shooters and also help new shooters not make the same mistakes we did. You know, my, my first yeah. chassis that I got was something I still have it, but I, I cannot make it fit me. It just doesn't work. So I'd rather a new shooter come and get behind, behind mm -hmm. my rifle and, you know, feel it. Yeah. That's one thing I've said too, is like, don't feel like you have to buy everything to, to go to your first match and get started. It's like, get, get some of your basics and then yeah, go see what's out there, you know, try different bags, try different things that people have. Um, you know, if, well, I still don't really have everything that I probably want to have, but, um, you know, it's taken me a few years to kind of add things as I went because I wasn't sure what I wanted either. So, you know, you don't have to feel pressure to have every single item immediately. Yeah, I mean, I, I showed up to my first match like fairly prepared and, and still like every stage, you know, someone's like, oh, no, here, try, try, try this bag. I think this will fit that prop better. Try my bag. My bag's the best for this prop. And, you know, got got to touch a bunch of different things. Um, you know, people let me look through their binos. I went a year and a half without decent binos. Um, 
and you know i was just able to survive because everyone's everyone's so willing willing to share and let people try stuff out let people borrow stuff you know we we really are a family a community and we just kind of want to support each other and for all of us the more people that are shooting the the better even though right now like it'd be cool like just hold off for a little bit quit buying buying ammo i'm trying to get some some bullets <laughs> <laughs> i know it's concerning it's it's definitely yeah it's different yeah i'm kind of thankful to really a lot of what i started with is what i still am using um again i was you know really happy that i got some good advice to start with so like i started with a benchmark barrel still love my benchmark barrel started with the defiance action still love that I still have my original um, OG game changer that is yes. just on and I love it so much. Um, I do have a Schmedium, which I'm kind of, you know, kind of weaning myself off the, the original one, but I love them both. Um, we are in the yeah, same exact boat on that one. Like I, I, I played with this Schmedium. I love it, but man, my OG, like <laughs> my, my super awesome pro, the gap grind won it for me. And like, I fell in love with that bag. It was a front bag. It was a rear bag. It was a pump. It was, it was everything. And I still love that bag, but I, I got my Schmedium. I love it. And I'm just like, it, it's a hard transition. It really yeah. is that, that OG is an awesome like, bag. feels right. <laughs> but mm -hmm. those are great. And then actually I should ask Jen, Jen, what do you, how much is your, your, how much weight do you have on your MDT chassis? It's not my MDT chassis. It's actually Sean Murphy's, who's amazing to me uh -huh. and helps me yeah. out when I have gun issues. But I don't know how much. So when I weighed my other rifle and I weighed his rifle, they weighed almost the same, but it feels a lot heavier. So I'm not sure because it feels a little beefier. I don't know how to describe it. But it feels heavier, but they're both about 19 to 20 pounds, like mine and his, like if I, and I did the old trick of like staying on the scale and not tell anyone how much I weigh, but then get on holding the rifle and do the, the math. And both of them were like, not, I mean, they weren't a half pound difference, which shocked me because his felt very much heavier. Do you think your MVT is heavy? Um, well, that's kind of the cool thing, like with the weights, you can like totally play around with it. And, you know, I've probably messed around with the weights just, I don't know, every couple months sometimes just to like decide, like, you know, play around with it. Do I want the weight here? Do I want to do? Yeah. Um, it's probably about 18 pounds, I think typically, but, um, yeah, like I was even thinking as I get started into the season, like I might switch my weights around a little bit again and just kind of see what I want to do. But, but I like that part about it because it's just so versatile. He only had like two weights on it and they were kind of midpoint. It wasn't, um, it didn't make it nose heavy or butt heavy. I felt like it helped balance it. And so I didn't mess with any of the stuff he had on there, but it was probably a half a pound heavier than my other rifle, but it, it just balanced really well. So I didn't, I didn't want to mess with anything because if I plop it on a barricade, it sat there. <laughs> it wasn't going anywhere. It would just sit there. You know, I could like be like, oh, you sit here for a minute. I'll be back in like 30 minutes. <laughs> I could go take a break and like have a hot bath and then come back and still be sitting there, you know? So because of that, I didn't mess with it. I didn't want to take any of the weights off or whatever, because it, it did really, really balance well. Yeah, I, I feel like that is one of the most balanced rifles I've ever seen. Like it balanced just as well, like sitting 
sitting on a bag on a barricade as it did like plopped up in the corner. Yeah, it balances well. So I didn't mess with it. It worked well. So have you Did guys you have heard, a question? Have you guys heard about the uh, International Precision Rifle Federation match? This whole international championship match that's going to be held in Spain in like the summer of 2022? Yeah, that's looking really, really interesting. I haven't looked at all the details, but um, I can already feel like there's a lot of excitement about it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the uh, the posts blew up. You know, people trying to figure out what they have to do to get on the team. Apparently, there's a bunch of other uh, countries that are like, yo, why didn't we hear about this? Let us get in. So I, I think it's going to end up being huge. And I think they were saying it was going to be up to like 32 shooters per country or something. So it's going to be a huge match. I'm really excited to see how this turns out. I think it's going to be really cool to see, you know, what uh, what, what country ends up claiming the titles. I'm 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 gonna put a, a bet on this one though. I'm I'm thinking uh I'm thinking Allison Zane is gonna take it for the United States. That would be amazing. That would be really, really awesome. Yeah. She is asking daddy to take her to Spain. <laughs> not mama. Mm -mm, daddy. Daddy. Yep. I'm not gonna she lie. Is a great representative. I saw that post and I, you know, I'm sitting here at work and I'm you know, laying back, scrolling through, taking a sip of water, and it was just, just laughing so hard. She asked, but that was funny. It was funny. She knew who to ask. Mm -hmm. She's a daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. We can send, you know, just even a handful of youth shooters to that from the United States. Like, there's some really solid young people. There really are. Yeah, it's, I think it'll be an interesting thing. It's just like the shotgun. They had a shotgun um, match that was an international match. Ooh, that was a cold one, too. Not the international one. You were in that. Right, the 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 road to the world shoot match that I came uh, in last place in. But like Lena Michalik and Becky Yackley. Who else was in there? Becky, Lena. Oh, I can't remember the other two people that were, it was four women that did the women's team. Anyway, but they went and shot internationally and it was cool to see the head-to-head, -head, you know, country versus country. Um, and USA did very well. So I think NPRS that the USA will do very well with that. I think it'll be cool. I, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if it's going to be all individual or if they're going to have like a like team representatives. I'm not sure exactly. I haven't done the research. You might've done the research already, Greg. I haven't had time to look, but I don't know if they're gonna do um, like representatives of the US or if it's individuals from the different countries. So I think it's gonna be both. I, I think there's individual and team portions of the match where we'll come mm -hmm. out with like the best shooter in the world and the best shooting country in the world. USA. But. Uh, I think Absolutely. we'll we'll learn a lot more about this pretty soon. It'll be very cool. Mm -hmm. That'll be a neat one to watch. Maybe, so, uh, hmm? maybe we could, you know, 
we could start a GoFundMe on the shooter's mindset. So if you want live coverage, like awesome live coverage of this match, kind of like Jen gave us at AG Cup, we're going to start a GoFundMe, send TSM to Spain, and I'll hold the camera, and Jen will do her little sports announcer stuff, um, only in English, and uh, then we'll report back to you guys so you guys could all see it. That's a great idea. <laughs> that would be an amazing trip. That would be something else. That really would. As soon, as soon as I heard about it, we got the the press release the the day before it went public. I was like, "All right, guys, who's going to Spain with me? Come on, let's go." It'd definitely be fun. Be a fun uh, adventure. So, what do you have coming up in twenty twenty one, Marshawn? What What are your goals? Um, I one thing I can say is that I have just missed shooting so much. Like twenty twenty, just didn't really go anywhere for me unfortunately you had an um, injury right <laughs> it was like kind of one thing after the other um so I'm really excited and I'm still you know I'm not 100% yet but I'm really looking forward to um just getting back out there so I feel like I'm just kind of taking everything apart looking like right back at all of the fundamentals um I have a little issue sometimes with slapping the trigger um I want to work on that I definitely need to be faster, you know, whether it's building a position or, um, you know, making those corrections, that sort of a thing. I'm the same thing where I feel like I just, you know, I'm, I'm, seems like it's taking me a long time to decide what I'm going to do for a correction. Um, yeah, just, you know, kind of jump back into it too. Like I'm trying to not, um, you know, like expect too much in the beginning because I've been off for a while, but just to, to get back in and just, um, focus on, you know, making good trigger pulls, um, building a good position, um, and having fun and just, you know, just being a part of the whole, the whole sport. It was hard to watch from the sidelines <laughs> this year. Um, I bet. So I know that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the first things I want to do as soon as I can, can get back on my rifle is the craft challenge that, um, that has been out there for the craft rifle challenge. Um, and just like do a baseline so that I can, you know, maybe shoot that little skill test and then maybe do it again in a month or something. So with Chris Way, Chris Way has done that. And um, I know he's gathering data on it. I don't know if he'll be done with that by the time I get a chance to shoot it. But um, I'm kind of curious just to see, you know, if I can follow some growth that way. And um, I just have a lot of work to do. Basically, I just need to get back to it. I think that's all of us. <laughs> yeah i uh i've not shot a centerfire match since gap grind and i've not done much practicing either and you know i i didn't shoot horrible over the weekend but man did i realize how slow i got on some of those long range targets you know it's like it, you can do a lot of practice with the 22 but you know inside 100 yards or whatever you know, it's it. You, you can only do so much, but it, it took me a while to get back full speed. So, what are your first matches of twenty twenty one? Um, I'm gonna start off with a one day match. Um, in March is kind of my goal. That's what I'm heading for. I did have a, a post op appointment with my doctor today, and I think I was a little more ambitious than what she thought I should be. But um, that's kind of the goal. The next six weeks will really say a lot, but um. So um, Rock Lake Rifle Range does a lot of monthly matches, which is it's just a great place to shoot. Doug puts on a good match all the time. Um, and it's about an hour. Well, it's about two hours from my house, actually. So it's pretty close by. And um, 
he's got one in March that I will be trying to hit. And um, then another match, I think two weeks later, and then it's gonna, it'll get pretty busy um, until June, really. Hopefully I can just kind of keep shooting my way through uh, the next couple months and hopefully be a little more tuned up by that time. And then there's a little bit of a break in the summer for me. And then, you know, usually it picks up again in the fall and I don't really have a fall schedule necessarily yet, but. Just you need to come to the East coast. Yes. I do. <laughs> come shoot something out this way. Come shoot gap grind or gap grinds are really, that's probably my favorite match of the year that's on the East coast. Come do something in Augusta and you can just stay with me. Yeah, oh we that got a, uh, we got Guardian at GTI. Um, we have a, a charity benefit match at GTI as well. And so GTI, it's an abandoned nuclear facility just north of Augusta uh -huh. with like a 10 story tower to shoot off of. There's like all these like giant concrete pipes to walk through. It's a, it's a really cool place. That would be a blast. I, let's see, I think maybe Wyoming is the furthest east I've gone. So I definitely need to, yeah, I've been wanting to get somewhere, just like take a real trip with my rifle and <laughs> go shoot a match, but it would be so fun with you guys. Yeah, let us know what you're what you're looking at. We'll, we'll set something up, you know, especially if you shoot something close to us, we could, we could turn it into a big party. Not quite as big a shot show, but you know. Oh my gosh, that was fun. great then. That was fun. I like I Facebook. We should have had Jorge on the show tonight with you. Oh, oh, dang. oh Jorge. <sighs> I totally should have done it. Isn't he like a chief now? He, he's he's something. He's got his name on the door. I need to hit him up and be like, Jorge. We should do a show with Jorge. He should. Absolutely. Yeah, I think ask he's, him. He's doing good back in Nevada. <laughs> I just said, are you watching the show? We are talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to have to go watch the whole hour trying to figure out when we were talking about him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's a smart cookie, so he could look and say it's 10.06. So it was probably an hour and six into the show. But we started late, so that'll confuse them. I love how you said smart cookies. I'm looking through comments and I scrolled through. And uh, right as you said cookies, I, I scrolled through uh, Corey's comment. He said, and, it, and it's gone. Something hashtag cookies. Oh, he's doing military things, so he can't like watch the show tonight. Well, he said not unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well watch it later or die <laughs> yeah that was definitely some really fun times at shot with everybody that was like just such a great group of people we had fun on the high roller <laughs> that, that and with fun. jody our friend from australia uh, jody. jody i need to do a show with jody because i'm i miss some jody she's gonna come to the u.s and spend some time here and she better spend some time at my house because we've already talked about it but about say she already said she's coming to stay with you so i hope you got I know. we're gonna have girl time and like tear the town down it's gonna be like augusta will never be the same <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. it will never be the same 
Augusta is not ready for me and Jody. You should just come that same week. Well, it'll be like Shot Show Week in Augusta. <laughs> in like a little podunk town, but anyway. It's not that little podunk. Yep. We have murders. That makes us like a real town. Oh my gosh. <sighs> anyway. All right. What else? You got any more lives? Uh, lots of shout out. Hey's going to walk over somebody's grass. I'm assuming he's talking about uh, Shannon just because who else's grass does Hey talk about? Uh, Corey said we should do a show with the Aussies. We Oh, we did decide we are doing a Swanee show at some point in time. Well, at least all of our guests decided, so we'll do another Swanee show sometime soon. Uh, Corey said Keely makes killer cookies. I really want some cookies now. Eric's also talking about said cookies. Um, hey said Jorge. Um, Jeremy said somebody should shoot Regina's match in September. I'm assuming all of us should shoot Regina's match in September because it's Regina's match. So that would be awesome. Uh, Corey said we need a I haven't done shit in 2020 class. That would be a good question. <laughs> um, Mike Bell wants to know uh, what caliber do you shoot? I'm shooting six Creedmoor. Awesome. Oh, I remember what the other question is that I that I lost. Um, somebody asked if you've started reloading yet. Um, kind of. <laughs> this is a terrible time to start reloading. Um, I have also some you know great friends that have kind of helped me cobble together a little reloading area at my house and. I was off work for about two months uh, with COVID for, um, we were shut down. And so I kind of started a little development. Um, I didn't really come up with anything consistent, but it was really hard to not have anybody there um, to kind of see what I was doing either. So I tried some FaceTimes and things with people, but um, that's kind of gone on the back burner for the moment, but I would really like to learn and it will get there eventually. Awesome. It, it's, you know, I know some people switch back and forth in between factory ammo and reloading, especially now when it's like, oh, you know, I found ammo in stock. Oh, but I have no primers. So it's a really good skill to be able to have, uh, be able to go either route, just depending on what you can find in our unfortunate times or it's impossible to find anything. Oh, absolutely. And Ryan, hey, for the record, the heads on the stick are dead. They're not coming back out. Not all the heads on the stick. Do you are understand? Dead. They're not coming back out. Not all the heads on the stick are dead. She's not even <laughs> looking. She's not looking. I'm ignoring you. I'm an ER nurse. I could kill you and no one would know I did it. No, all of our fans will. We went through this at the beginning of the show. I have all of our fans as witnesses. If I ever, if anybody ever sees my obituary, just know it was Jennifer. The heads on the stick are dead, Ryan Hay. Dead. You hear me? You're my good friend. Dead. Sam Phelps commented. He said, that's the best head on the stick, referring to this cool one up here. Sam, you are part of that. You are an evil person. You are in on that and you know it. Marshawn, have you seen my head on a stick? Um, I feel like vaguely I remember something about heads on a stick. 
Yeah. Uh, here, let me let me get in and show it to you real quick. This is this is Thug Life, Jennifer. It's a little bit creepy that you have my head on a stick. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, doesn't everybody want one of these? No just, one wants one of those. <laughs> just gonna. Sam, Sam, Sam Phelps, you are dead to me. I'm just saying. <laughs> For just sending won't. that to him, you're dead to me. What happens in Wisconsin? Wait, I have to say it right. Not Wisconsin, but it's Wisconsin. What happens in Wisconsin should stay in Wisconsin. But it followed me back to Georgia. And now it's all over the world. Sam Phelps <laughs> is a horrible person. I'm just saying. I still haven't met Sam, and he's still probably like one of my best friends ever. Just no. Saying. Not the case. <laughs> Sam, you're not my friend. Anyway, any more lives? Um, no, I think we're good with those ones over there. Okay. I think we're good on our questions too. So I think we're gonna wind down to shout outs. So Greg, you go first. Thanks for putting the spotlight on me. I would like to start out with GSL suppressors. Um, and classic jewelry and loan for like holding my babies for five months while the ATF waited on my approval. Um, shooters and sharpshooters of Augusta, our local indoor and outdoor ranges. PDC Custom for the most beautiful rifle chassis known to man. Available in lime green and normal human colors. Um, shooters World Prope Propellant. Um, you can, it, they are finally, I, I know every show I've been like, yeah, it's everywhere, yeah, it's everywhere. The uh, demand has finally caught up to the supply. Um, they're running a little bit low right now, but they got another massive shipment on the way. So they may be dwindling for a couple of weeks, but they'll be back on the shelves, restocked real soon. Um, you can still find it in stock someplace. It's not like trying to find that Varget stuff that you guys like for some odd reason. Um, Hunter's HD Gold, because I am super blind and have horrible vision and they make me feel less blind. You can get, uh, you know, they got just their off the box shooting glass, out of the box shooting glasses, but you can get those with, with prescription lenses. You can send them your frames. They could put in regular HD gold lenses or prescription HD gold lenses, even like fancy transition bifocals set up however you want. Um, they, they got something for everyone. So if you're really looking to increase your, your vision on the stage, that's the way to go. And uh, Bortec, because you're supposed to clean these things. They work a lot better that way. <laughs> Marshawn, you got any shout outs? Well, I would be uh, happy to give some shout outs to some great companies that I've been able to work with the last couple of years. Um, can't say enough nice things about them. MDT has been incredibly supportive for me. Um, I love my ACC chassis. Great, great shooting team. Some of the nicest people around. Um, everybody at the company is just so um, ambitious. Uh, they've just grown so much the last couple of years. And um, it just seems like they're constantly trying to improve things and come up with new things. And I think they'll have some exciting things coming out this year. Um, Armageddon gear. Um, again, love my OG game changer, but I like some of my new bags as well. Um, such a fun company. Um, just uh, great people to be around. Don't get to see them very much because they're over on your, your side of the country. Um, benchmark barrels. Um, 
also a great company from, from my state of Washington. Um, they're coming out with, uh, they have a new carbon fiber barrel, which is kind of exciting. Um, Bonescope, I know as you guys all know and love, I'm excited to um, get out back out there and be filming some of my shots so I can get some constructive practices. And then Defiance Machine, which uh, again, one of my very favorite companies, um, just such wonderful people, very generous. Uh, another one that's just grown uh, tremendously in the last few years. They've just expanded to try to get those actions out faster to everybody. And um, just really happy to get to be a part of their teams and um, just wonderful people. That's awesome. So for me, it's just, I'm kind of paring down so shout out to shooters of augusta and sharp shooters of augusta here locally to me that have always been good to me and helped me out and gsl suppressors for keeping me civilized at least some of the time right um and night force optics and that's going to be all of my shout outs for one night so with that I just want to tell Marshawn, thank you for spending a whole like, what, two hours with us of your oh night? I <laughs> know uh, it's been two hours almost yeah. that you've hung out with us. So I want to thank you for that because I know it's a lot of, you know, people's time is very important. So it's a lot to have that. So I appreciate it. And past that, we will just say thank you to everybody for episode 325 of the Shooter's Mindset, and we will be back next week.